Hello, welcome to the Glass Tire Art Dirt Podcast, where we discuss topical art topics of the week. Hmm. I'm Rainy Knutson. I'm Christina Reese. It is Sunday, March 3rd, 2018. It is indeed. What a week we've had. Golly. Uh, yeah, this is just, you know, when we started doing Art Dirt, it's been this way. How long have we done Art Dirt? Every week, it's just another shit show. I... I think this one's timely, though, for a specific reason, which Mm -hmm. you may or may not have read about, but... Yeah, you know it's bad when the conservative commentator, David Brooks, is almost crying on the PBS NewsHour in the Brooks and Shields (laughs) weekly wrap-up that they do. He he just looked like someone had beat him up. He was so depressed. Well, I mean, his his political party is completely fallen apart and trump's in the white house and it's a very schizophrenic time for a commentator like david brooks for for a republican so this week uh the was the week that the president's advisor close advisor hope hicks the gorgeous 29 year old woman who is never mentioned in the press without saying former model yeah Uh, have you noticed that she, yeah, it she, seems it's always a little bit of a dig, isn't it? I think it's it a is. little bit of a dig because she's an extraordinarily beautiful woman. So yeah. they always are like former former model. Of course, yeah. she went. Of course, she went to SMU. Of course, she did. Um, uh, she resigned after telling a House committee uh, on the record that she has told quote little white lies <laughs> quote for the president. And then she says she didn't resign because she had said that. No, she said she resigned because she just was tired of Washington. I guess. Okay. Okay. And then what else What else happened this week, just real quick? Well, I mean, the post-shootings, uh, the high school shootings, there's been all of this, uh, of course, there's been all of this stuff about gun regulation, and Trump is doing his weird wishy-washy thing where he's like, no, we'll do some regulations, and then we won't, and then the GOP c- completely loses their shit when he says anything like that. He seems to say whatever the person sitting with him at that moment wants to hear. So if it's Diane Feinstein in the room, he's going to talk about no more automatic weapons and bump stocks and if it's the nra in the room so on and so forth exactly yes and then and then we're gonna have now we're gonna have a steel trade war because of china which isn't even one of our top 10 steel suppliers Mm -hmm. Uh, and we import a lot of steel and this made one small district outside of pittsburgh really happy where there are a bunch of steel workers and made pretty much everybody else really unhappy and there went the uh, stock market so anyway anyway in the context and speaking of context boy we got a context art topic for you we sure you. do this march mid-march donald trump is scheduled i think finally to go visit some border wall prototypes to be built um six contractors built eight prototype walls about 30 feet wide 30 feet tall each one they lined them up in a row in um southern california on the American side of Tijuana, they stand there in this kind of Stonehenge-like formation for inspection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trump hasn't seen them yet. They've been up since, um, I think, November. Yeah, since November. He still hasn't seen them, but he is scheduled to go see them this this uh, this month. Now, as we know, the idea of building a border wall between the U.S. and Mexico is, I mean, obviously hugely contentious for a thousand reasons. Also, it's incredibly expensive, the proposition. And, and it was sort of his number one rallying cry when he ran for president in 2016. Build the wall, build the wall. Build a big, beautiful wall. You know, Build it a wasn't... big, beautiful, powerful wall. He said powerful, which I thought was interesting at one point. And of course, Mexico was going to pay for it. So, uh, in the meantime, when the, the 
photographs of these walls started to pop up on the news media, uh, there's a Swiss Icelandic artist who you may or may not have heard of, Last Tire uh, readers. His name is Christoph Buchel. I'm going to pronounce his last name Buchel because it's got an umlaut over the U, so I'm going to go with the German pronunciation. He's he's a bit of a he's a bit of a bad boy artist, but he saw these pictures and he decided that he was going to petition to get the walls these this line of prototypes and it is they do make some striking photos petition a campaign to designate these eight border wall, wall prototypes into a national monument a US national monument and mm-hmm. um I don't know that he ever personally said that they should be designated as art he did say national monument Jerry Saltz weighed in shortly after that with a video where he's arguing that they could be designated as art. And the art press has been filled with stories about this uh, subject. And actually, the mainstream press. It was on Fox News. It's been in the New York Times a couple of times. And LA Times, of course, and all that. And and you have the Jerry Saltz, who is himself, I guess, the bad boy of art criticism these days. Yeah, who, I guess so. I mean, he just likes, he likes to, you know, choose some controversial things and go with it. It's fun. Yeah, uh, and he said some funny things in his video versus Hyperallergic, which, you know, came out pretty strongly against this whole idea and said it's irreverent in a, in a gross way. And so people are talking about this a lot. And what's interesting about it, there's many interesting things about it, but it pretty quickly delves into very theoretical conceptual territory. Absolutely. It's, it, it becomes a really nuanced argument if you want it to be. Um, but as much as I've gone over this in my head since the news came out originally that there, there was somebody petitioning to turn them into national monuments, I was just, I've gone over and over it. I mean, to me, it's not, it's not a question. These walls are not art. There were, they've never been art. If you want to talk about them becoming National Monument, there's a whole other set of questions and arguments to go behind that. But art? No, absolutely not. No way. What was your, when you first heard this idea, what was your initial reaction? What was your initial reaction? Um, that the artwork, if there is any artwork to be found in, in this subject at all over, overall, is that Christoph Buchel is a little bit of a troll. And if there's any artwork in it, it's his proposal it's not the walls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a conceptual artwork it's a kind of a trolley artwork by a guy who doesn't have a dog in this fight and it doesn't cost him anything it's no sweat off his back to create this controversy but he's also to be fair he's pointing out something incredibly shitty about the united states and that's fair enough too um i he's saying that he doesn't he doesn't want to talk about politics he doesn't want to keep wading into this but he's the one who gave it the name and there's a website maga make art great again so maybe there's some art in that somewhere if you wanted to go digging but but the walls no the walls aren't art they're tools they're no more art than than a prison wall is art or that a hammer is art. they're designed there's some aesthetic consideration on at least one of them what it's dumb kind of faux stone paving facade my favorite description of them was from miranda carolina miranda who's always great in the la times and she said it's bloated security theater in a color palette befitting a suburban subdivision so many shades of putty so many shades of putty that really (laughs) stood out to me too i thought that i thought that was funny and she went to see them there was a set of tours 
last month, um, and critics and media people and art people could sign up, and they could go into Tijuana and go stand on a stepladder overlooking the border wall in Tijuana, which is low enough to where if you stand on a stepladder, you can get up there. This is the rusty fence that W put in that was made from, um, I think, leftover Vietnam-era landing steel pads. Yeah, that's that right. Helicopters would land on. That's right. So it's only it's only like seven feet tall. Yeah, or it's not very tall. So these these busloads of people cross the border, go in, and then they stand on a stepladder. I don't know if it's one by one or groups of them, and they can look at the back sides, and they are back sides of these prototypical border walls. The back sides generally on on any of the ones that are completely flat and opaque. If they if there's a nice finish on the front that's meant to face the U.S. side, they don't do that with the back. So yeah, one of them one of them has razor wire on the backside. Oh, and and if you've read any of the kind of the engineering media, the, you know the the media that really breaks down the engineering uh, concerns and what was being addressed with each wall prototype, you read that razor wire is really a pretty unpopular uh, choice for a wall like this because it is just so damaging to humans who come into contact with it. And, and then mm. it would create almost a humanitarian crisis because, you know, on Sunday morning, people are going to wake up and read the newspapers and find out an entire family has been killed in razor wire. Hmm. I think people who want the wall are fine with deterrence being as grisly as possible if it deters people. I don't know. What happens when photographs of this sort of um, violence start popping up on your news feed? Is that what you want to see? I mean, but consider even... the Abu Ghraib, you know, photographs that were horrific and all the people who are still like, yeah, go Team America. Ooh. Mm, no, I think people could stomach that. I, I think the people who are hardcore Trump supporters who think the wall is a good idea, if, if somebody thinks the wall is a good idea, they're not going to have a problem with razor wire. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, if the wall is going to cost an estimated $21 billion or somewhere between 12 and $70 billion to build, if Trump stays in the White House and eventually this wall does get built as it's just such a horrific idea and i think a lot of national monuments monuments are meant to mark things that we're not meant to forget mm -hmm. fortresses and 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 peace and parts well, of the, land the japanese internment camp is a national monument absolutely you know so i think if as long as this idea is still active in our political climate as long as people still want it as long as there's still even a snowball's chance in hell that this wall will be built i don't think we need to touch this subject i don't think we need to be thinking about turning these things into a national monument it's too soon i guess is one way of thinking about it mm. so it's sort of unintentionally glorifying a moment of horrible bigotry you know i think that on the other hand if uh relationships between the u.s and mexico smooth out even more and immigration issues get uh become a little bit more humane and the wall that does exist is taken down and so let's say eight years from now, the idea of building a wall is, you know, ancient history. But we want to somehow remember just how awful Trump's policies or proposed policies were. Then, you know, I don't know what we would want to do with these prototypes. We might want to save them as a marker of a political moment. I don't know that I'd turn them into a national monument. The metaphor that I immediately thought of that is the just obvious literary metaphor for this thing is the Percy Bysshe Shelley poem, Ozymandias, which is about this sort of decrepit ruin of a monument out in the desert 
you know, and it and it's just it's just like the legs of what was once a giant statue, and all that's left are like the bottom parts of the legs, and it says, "Look on ye, my works, ye mighty and despair," and then and of course there's nothing around. That's it. That's right. It's great. Um, and it's a great poem, and that's what made that's what I thought of is is if if, if the for whether or not these things were designated as a national monument, if they were just left out there for two hundred years from now, and they were you know rusted and partially. You know, you can imagine the ruins of these prototypes exactly. out there. You know, at that point, they acquire almost this poetical veneer, similar to the obelisks that are out there that were the 19th century border markers. I mean, those obelisks, and th- there's been lots of stuff about them uh, and artworks about even about them, those have a weird uh, removed patina of, of otherworldly uselessness do you know what i mean they seem almost fanciful yeah i i would like to think that that's what's what would ultimately happen to these prototypes as well is that you know if we want to wouldn't it be nice if they could become something fanciful and ridiculous and 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 poetically uh ruined well yeah if the if a wall is never built you know i i think that people do have a certain interest in preserving moments of history that were particularly atrocious because of this you know this tenant or this idea or this ethos of never forget and that's why we still have death camps that we can visit in germany and other countries that's why we that's why the japanese internment camp was preserved but i i just um while we're still in flux about what exactly is going to happen with this wall or not happen with this wall or what's going to happen with this presidency or not happen with it i just uh i just find the whole thing Mm. Kind of pre- premature and distasteful and a little bit scary. And right now I don't want to monumentalize anything that's basically a, a symbol of what it's a symbol of. Yeah. And, and I think I think Jerry Saltz, in arguing that we should do this, articulated really well um, what it is a symbol of. It's plain. It's banal, authoritarian. And I love that he said, it appears kind of male. No offense, guys. Yeah. <laughs> which is so Jerry back to the issue of is this art? Because I think that's something that people have been really struggling with. And in fact, there was a headline, the headline of the hyperallergic piece about it was, do we really have to call Donald Trump a conceptual artist? And, and so back to what, what I think the essential piece is, is exactly the same. And I mean, exactly the same as Duchamp saying a urinal is art. There is no difference in, in him designating these things as art and Duchamp designating the urinal as art, urinal is art. And in that regard, it's a hundred year old idea and whatever sort of context or, uh, or baggage that a urinal brings with it in terms of bodily functions, this piece also has context and baggage with it in terms of, you know, gross geopolitics. And so I think it's art. I just don't think it's all that interesting. And I also, I really struggled for a while with, well, if you can say that anything is art, which is the legacy of Duchamp that we've been living with for the last hundred years and struggling with, then why can't you say that anybody is a conceptual artist? Why can't he say Donald Trump is a conceptual artist? Well, I mean, in the arguments that are going to go on in front of the Supreme Court about the wedding cake and the the, the yes. guy who doesn't want to make the wedding cake for the the gay guy's getting married. Um, and, and he's arguing that it's art and it should be protected as art. Look, man, I, you know what? Donald Trump's not an artist. He didn't call these walls art. 
Duchamp did the work of an artist. He did the inquiry and the interrogation and the negotiation of an artist for years and years. And the urinal was just part of it. Intention is really, for me, key about what makes art art. Well, this is interesting. Is it key? Does it matter? Because I, really, and I'm just for me, playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, for me. To play devil's advocate. You can say that saying that Donald Trump is a conceptual artist just because he's a human and presumably has human agency and intelligence, that may be a stretch to go that far, but because he's a human being with consciousness versus saying that a urinal is art, there you, you can make the argument that there's no, different between, no difference between those two claims. The huge difference is intention. That's massive. It is it's massive, but does intention really matter? Does intention really Absolutely. matter? Absolutely. 100%. You know, the guys who make Phillips head screwdrivers and whatever factory that makes Phillips head screwdrivers, they're not calling themselves artists. They're not trying to protect. They may, There may be a patent on the design, but they're not trying to protect it or tout it as art. art. The way that we approach design and the way we approach tools and the way that we're meant to engage with them versus the way that we are expected or meant to engage with art is a very, very different thing. If we accept the fact that we are in a blown out no man's land of... of struggling to define even what art is, which I, I think you, you, you can argue that we are post... Post everything. <laughs> post, post everything we've ever known. Duchamp plus Warhol equals <laughs> nuclear blast meme. I think that uh, it's art. Sure, it's art. Sure. It's what, what he's doing. What, this is... the, 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 the idea is the, the material. That's what he's doing. It's, it's a conceptual artwork. He has this idea. That's the material of it. Um, and so then, then the question becomes, well, is it any good? And, and to me, I'm inclined to say no, but on the other hand, we're all talking about it. Well, maybe we're talking about it because it's time to get to, to double down on certain kind of definitions. I mean, I'd like to hand the agency back to the artist in this case. If Buchel or Buchel or Buchel or whatever his name is wants to, if we want to argue that his proposition or proposal is something of an artwork, I'm, I'll go to the mat for that especially if he wants to call it an artwork, his proposal. Again, with the walls, I don't believe it. And I think it's, I think it's an insult to artists, uh, frankly, to just automatically assign something art because uh, a viewer has decided to engage with it that way. <laughs> the viewer is an artist? I don't think so. The viewer is the audience. Oh, I'm saying Buchel. But he turned himself. He turned himself. He gave himself the agency of the of an artist by turning it into a proposal, building a website, starting a petition, and starting the right. conversation. The conversation itself is part of the artwork, part of his artwork. The walls are not. We can start parsing like art versus artifact versus monument. Sure. And, sure. 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 And what do those things mean? Because the the fact of the matter is, the MAGA website does not use the word art. I read it carefully. Yeah, me too. It, 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 it uses the word monument. And in fact, there's this weird paragraph on it, which ends, instead of causing us to remember the past, like the old monuments, the new monuments seem to cause us to forget the future, which I was like, I don't think that's true. Yeah. And, and so that really means that he, that he has never claimed that it was art. It really sort of means that, what, the Jerry Saltz took the proposal to make it a national monument and went, went one step further. But Buchel, when he was describing it, he said that he kind of saw Stonehenge in this, uh, this lineup of walls. 
Stonehenge isn't art either. You know, it's natural. It's a kind of natural history. Well, uh, Stonehenge. Actually, we don't know artist, because we don't know the intentions of the artist. If we ins- <laughs> if we assume that Stonehenge has something to do with a calendar slash spiritual practice function, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that I think that it's pretty clear that it has some kind of calendar function. Yeah, and I think that we assume that there was also a spiritual practice associated with, you know, the solstices, which is what it marks, um, then I think you can make the argument that Stonehenge is no less art than, um, you know, Notre Dame de Paris or whatever. Right, right, right. I had to say, when I heard him call this Stonehenge, I was like, huh, Mm. I'm not sure I'm ready to go that far. What happened with this? is the piece came out in the New York Times about the prototypes, and it was in November, um, and it was right when they were finished, and the New York Times photographed them and placed those photographs of each individual piece in a grid, and it looked exactly like a Bert and Hilla Becker, you know, grid of photographs, Mm -hmm. and these are these German photographers who did, you know, mostly industrial subjects where they would shoot a whole bunch of water towers or a bunch of brick buildings or whatever, or, you know, uh, chimneys and they would put them in a grid yes. and so it really looks like that and uh and i bet you that he saw that and was like oh my god ding yeah. and and when you see them it's like and you said they photograph they they're spectacular looking they look just like a minimalist piece of land art well yes and no they also look like prison walls i mean or like a highway divider wall or like a, i mean i think they look very utilitarian i think it's the photograph itself that kind of turns it into something striking uh, of course mm. i haven't seen these things in person so i don't i really don't know how it feels to look at them with my naked eye but um well they are very very tall they're 30 feet yeah, tall that is, so that's a big that's a big ass wall uh i don't it's a bit, a bit well, it's a big-ass piece of a yeah, wall. Yeah, it's a big-ass piece of a wall. And the other thing that's interesting is that they left space in between them. The architecture critic, uh, Christopher Hawthorne in the L.A. Times, made a big point about the fact that there is space between these walls. And so it's like, wall, no wall, wall, no wall. And that the entire thing, the wall, you know, uh, prototypes and the space between them constitute one big sort of visual thing. It also defangs them. I mean, if it had just been one continuous wall of all six prototypes, I think that, that there would have been a menace or a kind of a sinister uh, kind of finality to their presence that would have, first of all, changed the photographs of them entirely mm-hmm. and, and even changed yes. people's perception of them if they encountered them. I mean, I think people... Well, that's why they look like art. They look like standalone sculptures. Yeah, right, right. And I guess I could forgive people for wanting to call it art, but I still don't call it art. <laughs> you know? In his interview on Fox News, the lawyer for MAGA, uh, he said that these things are really about potential, Um, which is part of what they're about, I guess. Wow, that's a really very positive word to apply to these uh, potential. Well, things. potential could be neutral, I suppose. I just, I imme- I saw them and I immediately thought of like this, this ruin to folly and hubris you know out in the desert just kind of crumbling away folly is a folly is one of my favorite words to apply to this if it, if they do end up becoming something that we memorialize or, or preserve I, I to me it's purely an act it's it's a just a it's preserving an act of folly <laughs> i can i can guarantee you right now they pro well i don't i can't guarantee you that they will never be memorialized these prototypes 
Um, but I seriously doubt that they will. Yeah, I doubt it too. I doubt it too. I doubt they would be, I doubt anyone would save them. People are not going to want to leave these things up. And I don't think, and as unpredictable as Donald Trump is, I don't think he's ever going to try to make the claim that they're art. Well, if he uses the word art in a speech, it'll turn off his, his core supporters. Exactly. You know, as a proposal, I find it a really dark one and a kind of a deathly one, basically. And I don't, uh... Yeah, I'm not excited about the possibility. Is that the word that you use? Potential? Potential. I'm not too excited about the potential. Yeah, I mean, well, I was thinking about, like, the functions of walls. What does a wall do? And it, it it either keeps people in or keeps people out. There's a corralling aspect to a wall that's that always, whether it's f- joined with other walls into a building or just a long stretch like this. Uh, and I was thinking about the Great Wall of China is the obvious um, comparable and it's essentially defensive. You know, it's a defensive posture and therefore weak, I think. Man, and you know, this wall in particular, a wall between the U.S. and Mexico, it, it, it is actively uh, a cause of death and the separation of families. And it also symbolizes depra- desperation and uh, it's, strife. It's so Orwellian. It's very, it's so Orwellian. very, very loaded. And it's like a, it's like the Berlin Wall, essentially. It's just, um, and I don't know. I don't call the Berlin Wall art. I think it's worse than the Berlin Wall. It is worse than the Berlin Wall. I think. Well, I mean, it's worse for I, one I reason. I, I'm sure there are a lot of former East Germans who would not agree. Well, with that's that, absolutely but. true. But I will say one thing that makes it worse is that it's happening now. I mean, like, when are we ever going to learn our lessons? It's imagine. I mean, you have to imagine though the that the graffiti artists are just salivating looking at this thing. Like a couple of these are, have really plain surfaces, very, very plain surfaces. I mean, just imagine, come, it's begging, begging for decoration. I think one of the contractors who built one or one or two of these walls said something like, oh no, they're not art. You'd have to put uh, murals on them in order to make them art. They're, uh, I, I, so we need to come down one way or the other. What do you think? Mm, oh, not art. The walls are not art. The walls will never be art. Uh, to me, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think that his intentions for even bringing this up were particularly good, other than pointing out that right now the U.S. is not in a good, uh, not in a good spot. We are not in a good spot we're right not, now. We're not. Well, and with that, <laughs> with that, our next art dirt topic yes. is going to be on. Museums deaccessioning art. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. So uh, in the meantime, y'all go have fun and go see some go art. Go see some art. <laughs>